Hi, Chuck. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling into this. I really appreciate it. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. So I wanted to give you a little bit of a, a background on this. So I created this uh, this podcast last fall called the Forgotten Maverick Podcast, connecting with um, mainly former Mavericks and trying to focus on some guys that maybe were, you know, not super well-known NBA players or only spent a short amount of time in Dallas. But it originally evolved from an Instagram I created at, towards the end of 2016 with this, under the same name. And what kind of got me into this is I started just posting pictures of some lesser-known Mavs and got, got a little bit of a following. I don't have much of a following, but some of my following has includes former Mavericks, guys like Marquise Daniels, Josh Howard, Mo Ager, and they started commenting on the photos thinking it was really funny and they seemed to enjoy it. So kind of developed a little bit of friendly interaction with them and it evolved into this. And I'm, I'm really enjoying just talking to former Mavericks or, or people like yourself, people very much affiliated with the Mavericks. Cool. Cool. That's uh, I know Mo Ager, Mo Ager's a record producer. Uh, I don't know what Josh is doing. Uh, Josh or Marquise. I'm yeah. The, uh, well, yeah, I actually, I have a musical intro for the podcast that Mo actually made for me. And then, um, Josh is coaching college basketball in North Carolina at a small Bible college called Piedmont International University. And I know uh-huh. um, Marquise um, is living in the Macon, Georgia area, and he's producing music as well and uh, training young athletes there. Okay. Yeah. So cool. it's, yeah, it's been really cool. So I wanted to connect with you. Um, you know, th- this is a, this is a cool moment for me mainly because I've been listening to your voice for such a long time and to, to be able to have a conversation with you is pretty exciting for me, but I just wanted to get a little, little more hear about you and, and your background and um, sort of the events that unfolded for you that led you to the position that you're in now. So if you don't mind, could you talk about your professional career and what, what transpired for you to be the radio voice of the Dallas Mavericks? Well, I moved to Dallas uh, from New York in 1984. I graduated from the University of Florida in 1981. Uh, I was at Carol D Radio for eight years. Uh, basically, uh, when I started, I was doing nighttime sports, so I was covering games uh, you know, all around town. Uh, and while doing sportscasts at night, something Carol D had not done. Now, obviously, that meant spending spending a lot of time around the Mavericks and, and the Rangers and, and college stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, you know, in 92, they had a change, I won't say a change in format, but certainly a change in philosophy. The, the, the station had lost the Cowboys rights uh, to KVIL and they wanted to go in a different direction, pretty much de-emphasizing sports, uh, which had been a, a really important part of the radio station uh, for a really long time. And so uh, I was let go. Uh, I went to Philadelphia for 16 months. I was at WIP, uh, did a mid-morning talk show there. And came back when the ticket started in 1994, and I've been back uh, ever since. Uh, I've done uh, a lot of college play-by-play, uh, you know, uh, college football, college basketball for Westwood One, and then uh, you know had the chance to do uh, the Mavericks starting in the fall of 2005. Uh, for uh, you know, I was working at the radio station that had the rights, and everybody knew that uh, I was a pretty good play-by-play guy. Uh, in, in college basketball. And, uh, you know, I definitely wanted the chance to do the Mavericks if the, if the job opened up and it did. And so 13 years later, here I am. <laughs> That's really neat. Yeah. Um, I'm a lifelong Mavs fan. And so 
Uh, I've been following the team since probably like the mid nineties. I was about eight, nine years old, started to really get into basketball around then. So I very much remember when you became the radio voice of the Mavs. And that was definitely an exciting time for the franchise, right? When you, right when you started. Yeah. My first year, uh, the Mavericks went to the finals in 2006. Absolutely. So you're thinking, obviously this is going to happen every year, right? <laughs> you're always going to be, playing, you're always going to be busy into June. Uh, but uh, it didn't. Uh, it it doesn't quite work that way. But uh, obviously, I mean, there have been a lot of playoff years, and 2011 was magical, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll always have that. And uh, but the the job itself uh, really has never changed. It, it's still the same job. Just the the outcome of the games is a little different right now. Uh, but uh, it's still the greatest job in the world. And, and as I always tell people. Uh, even when they try to offer condolences to how the Mavericks are playing this year and mm-hmm. you know that it might take them a while to get back. I said, well, you know, there are seven and a half billion people on this earth and only 30 people in the world who do what I do. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty lucky, uh, very grateful, uh, very blessed to, to, to have the opportunity to do something that I really love. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I think that's such a, a unique position that you're in. And one thing I did want to ask you is just – you know, I, I follow the NBA very closely, but I really I'm curious to learn more about like the day to day aspects of it. So I've talked to some players about this, but obviously no one in your position. So when it's like a regular Mavericks game day, what, what's your typical routine as the radio play by play man? Well, hopefully I will have had the majority of my work done the day before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really try to work ahead as much as I possibly can. Sometimes it's impossible. Um, you know, like when we come out of the all-star break and uh, the Mavericks are in Los Angeles to play the Lakers on Friday night and they play Utah on Saturday. Uh, well, Utah is also playing on Friday night. So it's really difficult to update everything. Uh, we're having everything ready to go uh, until everybody's played and you can get uh, everything set up the way you want. Uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll just basically go through the notes that I've, that I've already made. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll look online and see who the officials are that night. I'll make sure I have the you know the rank the rankings right for uh, which teams you know wh- where you know the Mavericks rank in field goal percentage and uh, turnovers and points off turnovers and things like that. Um, you know, and uh, you know read the papers and uh, just uh, go through what the morning news has and what anybody else might have. Obviously, what the opposition papers have and. Uh, you know, read the game notes, which generally come online uh, about uh, mid-morning. And uh, so, you know, you're, you're pretty much doing all of that. Um, if we're on the road, uh, I'll go to shoot around and, uh, you know, watch them watch them practice. And, you know, as, as much about taking attendance as, uh, you know, who's there as to, to worrying about anything really that they're, they're actually doing. Uh, and if, you know, just watching to see the kind of what happens, uh, you know, when they bring people out, what rotations they might be using, because that can help me. You know, just determine, okay, who's playing, who's not playing, and, and makes my makes my life a little bit easier. Thank you for going into detail about that because I think, and you know, myself included, I think some fans might just think, okay, you know, you're essentially on a game day, you know, you're at the arena for two and a half hours, but I, I really appreciate that you showed all the background stuff that goes into leading up to that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – I mean, the preparation, I, I like to say, never ends because right. you're always you're always reading, you're always looking for something. You know, it may not necessarily be Mavericks-related, but, you know, stuff that's going on around the NBA that uh, in case the game isn't a great game, that, uh, okay, 
while my responsibility is still first to follow the ball and tell you what's going on in the game, I don't have the luxury of a picture like television does. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that uh, there aren't other things that we can't talk about. And so you want to make sure you're on top of all those things too. Absolutely. Another thing I wanted to ask you is I know earlier this season, Mark had to step away for a couple of games and you filled in on television. Uh, what's the the hardest part about making that transition from, from radio to TV as a play-by-play guy? I thought you did a great job. I was watching the games here at home, but I'm just curious how you felt about it. Well, obviously you don't have to talk as much and yeah. <laughs> I'm really good. At, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at talking. So uh, you, you definitely, you definitely have to dial it back. Uh, it, you know, television is an analyst game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, much more so than radio, which is a play by play game where it's my responsibility to tell you where the ball is and what the score of the game is and how much time there's left uh, in, in television. That's all out there in front of you. Uh, you know, in television, oftentimes you are executing someone else's vision of what the game is. Now there, there's a collaboration that goes with that a lot of times between color, uh, your producer, your director, and all those kinds of things. And uh, in, in radio, it's really just me. Uh, you know, I decide what promo gets read. You know, I decide uh, if we go to a break or not, if we have the, uh, you know, the extra break in, in a particular quarter. Uh, you know, I'm the one that's, uh, you know, bringing up a specific, note at a specific time uh, because that's you know I, I'm, I'm responsible for all that and uh, you know in some ways uh, in some ways having that control is really good uh, and then uh, you know on television when it's you know the producer basically telling you hey we're going to do this here or do that there it's uh, sometimes that's good too because then uh, you know you don't you don't really worry about all that other stuff you just kind of worry on doing your job and doing the game uh, so it's 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 different. That that that's all. It's it's not better or worse. It's mm-hmm. it's just different. And uh, you know, obviously, I've done a lot more radio than I've done television. Uh, I've become more comfortable doing television. I think primarily because, at least from the Mavericks standpoint, the crew is so great. Uh, producer Dave Keeney is is a really sharp guy, very low key guy, non pressure guy. And I've worked with some producers in the past that are not that way. Uh, so. Uh, you know, he's he's really able to uh, walk a, a relative novice through it and uh, have them feel really comfortable that they can just go do their job. And, you know, our, our director, Clay Armstrong, is fantastic. And, uh, you know, all the other people, uh, uh, Eric Kelly and uh, uh, Brian Kegler and all, all our guys on the TV crew, they just, you know, the show that they put on is, is a network level show. Any, any network would be proud to put that show on night after night after night. And, you know, to be a, a, be a very small part of that, uh, it, really, it really does make your job very easy. That's really neat. And I, I agree that you guys do a great job. And um, that's – even though this season, you know, hasn't gone great, you guys make it a little more – everyone involved just makes it a little more uh, bearable as, as a big Mavs fan just because you do such a great job. So I, I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate it. And uh, my wife has become a casual Mavs fan over the last few years, and so I know she enjoys watching the games as well and listening sometimes when we're in the car. <laughs> well, that's right. well, hey, uh, we, we need all our fans right now, especially now. It's a lot, it's, it's a lot easier to grab, to grab fans when you're winning. Uh, if, we, if we grab them when we're not playing so great, that means we're probably doing something right, and that's, uh, that's nice to know. <laughs> um, what are some of your, your favorite NBA cities to travel to when you're on the road with the Mavs? 
Well, San Francisco is phenomenal. Uh, it's just it's such a great, unique town. And, uh, you know, we stay in a phenomenal hotel. And, you know, most of the hotels we stay in are pretty phenomenal and really uh, sort of uh, mind-blowing when you think about it. It's like a, they're, they're not places that you would normally pay for on your own. Uh, that, uh, you know, you're, you're definitely living uh, up in style. Uh, when when you're on the road with the Mavericks, so uh, but you know the hotel we stay in is amazing. It's uh, just the, the town is great. We were there last week and the weather was just incredible. You know in the 70s and it's, it's just a great walking city, especially if you can avoid the, the super big hills. But it's just so pretty and there's so much going on there. Um, you know Chicago is amazing. Chicago would be the best city in America if November to April didn't exist. Uh, I, I grew up in New York and, and so New York is really meaningful to me. Uh, you know, I, I love, and, and also, you know, just back to, to San Francisco and just the fact that, uh, Oracle arena, you know, to my mind is, is the best place to do to watch a game, uh, in the league. Uh, our, uh, our setup there is a little bit tight, but that it's really me- meaningless in the grand scheme of, you know, how, uh, their fans are so great. They're so into it. And, and that was the case well before they became the chic team of the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've had a history of being awful, and yet uh, their fans were always there, really knowledgeable. Uh, and, you know, there's not uh, a whole lot of artificial uh, enhancement to what's going on there. Their, their, their fans make all the noise necessary to, to give it a really unique experience. Uh, so, you know, San Francisco, uh, New York, Chicago, you know, anytime you can hit Miami in January, that's generally a pretty good time to hit it. Uh, given how the rest of the nation uh, is pretty much in the deep freeze, uh, you know, so I, that that's great. And you know, and I, you know, I lived in Philly, so I really enjoyed Philadelphia. I enjoyed the East Coast, Washington, Boston. Uh, so th- there are a bunch of there. There are not not very many that I don't like. Uh, although uh, you know, where we're staying in Sacramento now, like with the new arena, the new arena in Sacramento is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Minnesota is a really good eating town, but. Uh, you know, it's it's just always so cold, and even if you're staying inside and on the Skyway, it's still so cold, and it's just always dark, and it's always snowing, and they're doing something, and I'm I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of that per se. Uh, you know, the, the the upper Midwest generally is uh, are places I would rather avoid if I possibly can. <laughs> I I get that, and uh, I do love Chicago. I lived there for a little over four years. And I really enjoyed it. I went to the United Center every time the Mavs came during those years, even one preseason game. And then I even drove to Milwaukee once to see the Bucks and Mavs play on a Saturday night. So I, I enjoyed my years there. And I agree, those winter months are brutal. But if you can tough it out, the summers there are amazing. Absolutely incredible. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, th- thanks for going into detail on that. I really appreciate it. Uh, what What are some of the things that – that you like to do, you know, once the Mavs season ends, whether it's in April or if they have a playoff run, what, what occupies your time during the off season? Well, I play a lot of golf. Uh, I love golf. At one time I was actually pretty good at it. You know, <laughs> now I just kind of knock it forward. Hopefully it goes relatively straight. It doesn't go very far anymore. Uh, but, but, uh, but I, I love being out there. I just think it's, uh, it's, again, it's kind of like the radio thing in that, uh, you know, in golf, it's, it's all about you. You know, you, you hit your foul balls in golf. You got to go chase them all down. You know, no, nobody's, uh, nobody's telling you how to play. Maybe if you, I mean, if you have a caddy, if you will, say, yeah, you know, hit this club, but you're responsible ultimately for the shot that you take. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that type of uh, that, that that type of responsibility is something I'm uh, I, I really enjoy. And uh, you know, I grew up in the Northeast, and I played you know, had the chance to play some of the great golf courses of the United States, and just completely fell in love with the game. And you know, my mom was a really good player and was a long time uh, amateur champ in the New York Met area. So I uh, kind of followed in uh, in her footsteps, just in, in in loving the game, and so. I do that a bunch, and uh, my wife and I do a bunch of traveling uh, during the off season, and I also do uh, I do some radio, some talk radio uh, for uh, 103.3 ESPN. Uh, you know, basically when guys are on vacation, I'll fill in for them, or I might do uh, you know a, a night show a couple of nights a week, uh, basically about 40 shows or so. Um, to uh, you know, that's since uh, technically I'm an employee of the radio station, so I have to do some stuff for them. So that's uh, that's pretty much how it goes. That's really neat. And um, you have a son, Jeffrey, right? I do. He's, uh, he'll be graduating at the University of North Texas uh, on May 12th. And uh, I have no idea what he'll do after that. I know he, <laughs> wants, to, he wants to be in sports somehow, mm-hmm. some way. And as I've, I've always told him, I said, I don't care what you do. And he's been, uh, you know, he's been at our radio station in Dallas uh, full-time, part-time for, uh, uh, you know, probably a little over a year now. And he's done really well. And, uh, you know, buddy, he loves baseball, which sometimes makes me wonder if he really is my son. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I do, I do love baseball, uh, mm-hmm. but certainly not to the extent that he does. And I mean, if we're, we're putting things in order of, uh, of the major sports that it's, it's definitely fourth. Although when I was a kid, it was first, I, I really did love it and really thought I was going to be a baseball announcer. And then I got into the business and realized that given my style, there's just no way that I can make 162 a year. It would just be too much. Yeah. But he loves it and he's really into it. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've just told him, the only thing I've ever told him is that I, Jeffrey, I don't care what you do. I said, just find a way to get to the game. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's all that really I ever wanted to do. And all my friends uh, who I worked with either in college or when I first got out of school and uh, worked at sports phone in New York, that's all we ever wanted to do was go, go to games and cover games. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that case, whether it's as a play-by-play guy or is it a reporter or working for a PR, uh, uh, working in PR for a team or you know, working uh, you know, for a team in, in some other role, if there's some way that's getting you in the building, that's uh, really all you should uh, – that, that should be your ultimate goal because they, ultimately that's what's going to make you happy. You know, he, he, did a, he did a thing um, about a year ago, the, the guys in the truck – for the Mavericks, uh, you know, invited him in and say, you know, to w- to watch the game from the truck and see if he might have some interest in there. Because let's face it, you know, there's so much television out there that there's always work. They're be- they're always looking for production people mm-hmm. and people to do various things. And so, uh, so Jeffrey went in and he looked at it and uh, he he's. I asked him, well, how'd it go? He said, I hated it. Well, what'd you hate? Well. You know, here I am in this trailer and uh, all the action's going on in there. And I just felt really removed from it. And so it was, it's a heck of an answer. It's, you know, it's, it's not for everybody and good. So, okay, you know, you don't want to do that. Let's go do something else. And just make sure you find something that you're happy doing. That's really cool. And um, the, the reason I asked about him is because I haven't actually met your son, but he and I both contribute to the same blog on Dallas Sports Fanatic or the same sports website. And okay. They feature some of these um, 
some of these episodes that I've recorded and I've read some of the things that he's written on there. So um, yeah, I haven't met him yet, but uh, I know we're planning on maybe some monthly get togethers for people that contribute to the site. So I, I might meet him in the near future, but uh, yeah, I just, I thought that was cool that he and I are both contributing to the same thing right now. Well, I think you'll like him. He's a good kid. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep him as my son. He's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what do you have any uh, plans over this all-star break? It's I'm, I'm sure you appreciate a longer all-star break than usual, right? You know, I don't, I don't, it never bothered me that it was, uh, you know, that we were, we, we would play stay on Wednesday or Thursday and then we, uh, we'd play again on, uh, on Tuesday or, or Wednesday. I mean, I, w- I think the break now is too long. I really do. Um, I, and, I mean, I understand why they did it. You know, LeBron screamed that he didn't get any downtime. Well, no. <laughs> Uh, no, there, I, I understand there, there are obligations during All-Star Weekend, but that doesn't necessarily preclude yourself from being able to resume play you know, on, uh, on Wednesday of, of All-Star Week. I mean, I think it, it should really be kind of a hard and fast that, uh, you know, okay, the NBA schedule will end on Wednesday, like last night, mm-hmm. uh, and then it will start up again on the following Wednesday. And that's that, that, that shouldn't be very difficult for, for the NBA to do. But uh, for whatever reason, you know, they felt like they had to have a couple of games tonight. So, uh, you know, I, I know Minnesota's playing tonight, Bucks are playing tonight, and I forget who they're playing. Uh, but, you know, to have players, and, you know, obviously Minnesota has all-stars. And, uh, so they're, they're going to have to travel west and, you know, take something to get out there in the morning so that they're ready to go for the, for the media obligations on, on Friday. It's. Uh, I, I think it could be more streamlined than it is. I, I think a week is more than enough time. To, you know, the Mavericks didn't. Uh, Mavericks were done on Tuesday. They don't play again until Friday. Uh, it, it just seems to me that uh, uh, it, this it could be it could be done better. Uh, you know, okay, you, you know, you get a day of practice. You have to come back on Tuesday since the game is Sunday. You come mm-hmm. back Tuesday. Most people don't stay for the game anyway. Uh, and you practice on Tuesday, you get together at two o'clock local time, whatever it is, and then you go play your game. I mean, it's just, it seems like you, this could be handled more cleanly than it is right now. Yeah, when you put it that way, I, I have a hard time disagreeing with you. So I think I see your points there. I think I just have one last question for you. And this is something that I'm, I've been doing the last several episodes, either with former players. I, I had Mark Followell on a few weeks ago, and that was a fun one too. So. I'm looking at the roster for the 2006-2007 Dallas Mavericks. I wanted to see if you could name all of the players that played a regular season game that year. There's 16 of them. There's, there's without without looking at, it, there's no way I can remember all 16. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I mean, but but obviously, but obviously, Josh, Dirk, uh, Eric Dampier, uh, Scott Ajop. Um, uh, Jason Terry, uh, Devin Harris. Yep. Uh, believe Ad- I believe Adrian Griffin was there. Uh, that he was there the year before. He was not on this team. He was that year. Okay, he was not yeah. on that team. All yeah. Right. Uh, you know, J- uh, JJ was there. Yep. Um, and then then I, then I have to go back into the into the deep dark recesses and uh, <laughs> at. at, at at that point, my, my mind just starts uh, – um, um, uh, I believe Marquise Daniels was there. 
Uh, he he left the year before. Or th- yeah, he, he. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he left after the after the championship year. That's yes. Okay, so yes. then he, he he left for Indiana uh, for Indiana. Correct. So, yeah. uh, so that and then who do we get? Uh, we got uh, Austin uh, Austin Crozier. Yep, probably right. was on that team. Yes, yeah. he was. Uh, uh, was, uh, was I think. Uh, was Daryl Daryl Armstrong might have still been on that team? In 07? No, he had left the year before. He went to Indiana too, actually, in that offseason. Oh, that's right. Okay, he went. That's right. He went to Indiana in in that deal. Um, okay. Uh, so who else were Let's the see, there's backup? One, two, three. Yeah, eight I, more. I'm, I'm probably like at eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm and 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 the and the backups all. Uh, uh, all like like right now, like all escaped me. It's like, yeah. like I don't know why I would necessarily remember Sagan, but uh, just because he was the coolest dude ever, he was a really <laughs> really great guy. He re- he was just an awesome awesome guy. But uh, mm, oh god, and and you know, Jet played a bunch, and uh, you know, a- Avery was not one to play, you know, a, a whole lot of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he was not uh, he he was not necessarily. Uh, a big fan of that was uh, let's see the Keith Van Horn didn't come that year. He came the next year, didn't he? No, he came. He uh, his, he his last year was that finals year, two thousand six. He never played in the NBA oh, again after that. Yeah. No, no, Keith Van Horn. No, yeah, he, he was he was he, in 06? He, he didn't that, play for Carlisle. No, that was his final year in the NBA. It's, that's crazy. That is. I, that I know. Is, yeah, he retired and, pretty and, and young. He, and, and, well, and he disappeared really from the face of the earth. Apparently, he's living in the mountains in Colorado, someplace, and nobody knows how to get a hold of him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so my so yeah, uh, my 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 mind is going fairly blank with me because you know, Fowler's got the, the the absolute steel trap mind and remembers everything, everything about everything. Yeah, he did uh, my, pretty mind, well. My, 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 yeah, mine because I'm I'm definitely older than he is. <laughs> I've, I've I've probably lost a few more brain cells than him. <laughs> yeah, I actually I asked him about the championship year, so 2011. So I was thinking about a season to ask you about, um, and so I, I could tell you the ones you forgot if you want. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so we got one one guy we already mentioned briefly earlier. Mo Ager was a rookie. Oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Uh, Greg Buckner, who just left the the Fox Sports Southwest right. team earlier this season. Devin George. Go back to Memphis. Yep. Devin George, an, Avery, an absolute Avery Johnson favorite, who who, who later on, of course, uh, you know the Mavericks tried to trade him, uh, and uh, he and he turned and he turned down the trade because he had uh, he had bird rights. I mean, exactly. He had uh, early, he had his rights because he signed a one year qualifying offer, and uh, and they tried to trade him, and then uh, later did trade him. I guess as part of part of I think I think it was part of the kid trade. Um, that, uh, but, uh, that, that was a crazy night. I remember that cause we, we were playing a game at home that night and we were flying to Phoenix. It was the last game before the all-star break. And, you know, everybody assumed that he was going to be traded. And then, uh, he, the word came out that he, he's not, he's not going, he's not yeah. being traded. We, uh, well, Jerry, well, Jerry Stackhouse clearly was on that team too. Yes. In, Stackhouse in was another guy. Yep. Right. And then um, you see, there's four more. You got DJ Banga. Oh God! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anthony Benga Johnson. Time. Anthony from the College of Charleston. Anthony yep. Johnson. Another rookie. Pop, another rookie. Pops Mensabansu. Oh, Pops. 
God, I mean, I don't even remember him playing with – I mean, I remember him in the preseason. I don't remember him playing with that team. Yeah, he played that a handful wow. of games, but not very often. And then another guy who came on late, Kevin Willis. That's – yeah, Kevin Willis. Actually, Kevin Willis, he didn't come on late. He came, he came on um, early that, that season. I think – I want to say we were in – Atlanta, and I want to say that that was like the second game of the year that oh, really? we that we brought that we season. brought him. Okay. No, I, I don't think so. I, I, because yeah. I, I, I remember him him coming in, and and then you know he, I mean he barely played for us at that time. He was probably forty two years old or forty three years old. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, we in fact the Mavericks had won a game in Cleveland on opening night. They held. Uh, they held the Cavaliers to like 74 points, and LeBron had only 10. He picked up three fouls early in the game, it, um, and then uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was crazy. Yeah, Kevin Willis came in because uh, you know he, Avery Avery loved Avery, Avery loved them and and loved guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but uh, but I don't don't remember him particularly contributing a whole lot to that team. Yeah, he played uh, very sparingly. Um, I did mm-hmm. find some uh, some YouTube highlights of him. He actually had like a six-point game one time, so he made some baskets in a game towards the end of that season. But maybe that's why I was thinking he was only there at the end. But he did play a little bit here and there. But You you, you obviously had to work very hard to scrounge, even to scrounge YouTube that YouTube would even have Kevin Willis Mavericks highlights. <laughs> yeah. I could see Kevin Willis, you know, Atlanta Hawks highlights, see Kevin Willis Michigan State highlights. <laughs> no, there's a Kevin, there's, Kevin. yeah, there's a Mavs one, which is pretty funny. It's just yeah, it's, it's a great little <laughs> hidden gem on YouTube, I guess you could call it. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, um, well, yeah, I I always have fun quizzing whether former players or people affiliated with the Mavs on just a little bit of roster trivia trips down memory lane yeah. or whatnot. So, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me tonight, Chuck. Uh, these, these are always a lot of fun for me, and um, I just want to say thank you. My pleasure. Appreciate you having me on. Of course. All right. Well, have a great night, and uh, thank you again. Okay. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Forgotten Marathon. Marathon.